All right, guys, it's showtime. Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Uh, this is kind of a surprise episode. We didn't really uh, tell you guys about this one. This is an NBA return episode. The NBA season is starting back up this week, so I wanted to drop a surprise episode on for you guys. And a first-time ever guest, a uh, longtime friend, David. How are you doing, David? Hey, what's going on, Jeff? Oh, living the dream, sir. At least chase, chasing the dream. Um, right. Uh, it's good to be talking basketball. We haven't really done a whole lot of basketball on this podcast. Uh, if we, I think I've, I maybe talked a little bit of Zion and John Morant. I'll tell you that I don't think any basketball talk. We, you know, and we did a little bit of Last Dance. So outside of that, this is all fresh. And uh, who better than uh, who? You know, somebody I talk basketball with on a regular basis. So. Yes, all right, well, here comes uh, your rapid-fire questions to kind of get equated, kind of uh, show you, show who you are to the audience, and then we'll go no. straight into the, in the NBA. So here we go. That's it. Favorite sports team? Sports. Uh, definitely Los Angeles Lakers. I, I don't even think that's close. Okay. Uh, your favorite athlete? Ever. Ever. Currently. No, let's do, let's do ever. Let's, yeah, let's do ever. Oh man, uh, probably probably the late Kobe Bryant. That's that was my my superstar growing up. So, okay, uh, Coke or Pepsi? Oh man, Pepsi if I have to. Wow, you trader used to work for Coke. I know. <laughs> FedEx not, not or U- <laughs> FedEx or UPS? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I had to hit you with it. Uh, well, as much as I want to say UPS, I'm. I'm gonna go with FedEx in case my employer is watching this. Yeah, good call. Uh, <laughs> favorite fast food joint, and why is it Taco Bell? <laughs> oh man, Taco Bell's up there. Um, is Five Guys fast food? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yes, I would consider that fast food. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say Five Guys. Okay, steak or chicken? Hmm. Probably can go with steak. Steak. Yeah, I think so. Uh, okay. As far as like, I don't know. I guess All Star Weekend goes. Three point contest or dunk contest? Um, I like the dunk contest. Uh, I don't know. They kind of ruined it the last couple of years, but I felt like they brought it back this year. Um, I'm gonna go with the dunk contest overall. Okay. Favorite player in the NBA today? Oh man. Hmm. Probably LeBron James right now. That's fair. Yeah. He's probably one of my favorites as well, if not my favorite. Uh, favorite favorite sports moment? Ooh. Uh, just any sport. Any sport. Something that sticks out in your mind. You're just like, you know, I like to go back to that. and I, I think Devin Hester's uh, kickoff return touchdown to open the Super Bowl. Yeah, was, that's a great. I think that got. I think that got me more pumped up than than seeing anything else live. That's cool. That's a very. That's a very fun moment. I remember yeah. that one as well. Plus, I don't. I don't really remember Kobe's eighty-one too well. So, but that was another one that came to mind. Yeah, you know, I was. Uh, I was young when Kobe dropped eighty-one. I was in like, gosh, I think sixth grade. Yeah, something and, like that. And and uh, I did not watch it. I remember going into school the next day. 
and a friend of mine had came up to me. He's like, did you hear about Kobe? I'm like, no. He goes, he dropped 81 last night. And I'm just like, right. I'm, I wasn't shocked. But it was like, <laughs> holy cow. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I'm like yeah. close close to 60 shots, I believe. Yeah. Um, last but not least, this is pretty controversial. Who's the, N- who's the NBA GOAT? Greatest of all time? Yeah, give it to me. Who, who uh, do you have as the greatest NBA player of all time? You know, I think, I think it was Jordan up until last year. And I, man, I'm hard pressed to say LeBron James isn't the greatest athlete of all time. I, I think his, his longevity, what he's doing in year 17, his title against the Warriors, I know people put his finals record on him, but I, I, I can't think of anybody better ever. Yeah. Just if you're going to build a basketball player in a lab, it's either going to be LeBron James or it's going to be Kevin Durant. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get right into it here. We're going to talk uh, some NBA. And what I would hope to get accomplished at the end of this is give the listeners um, who we believe will make the playoffs in both the East and the West. Okay. And hopefully we'll be able to provide them with some first round matchups. All mm-hmm. right. And there's only eight games remaining in what's going to be a, a quote-unquote restart season. Um, but let's go ahead and run down. I'm going to give you both the East and the West as far as who's still alive yes, mathematically. Who's, who's in the bubble? So in the East, these are going in order from one seed to nine seed because there's nine teams in the East. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat. At the five seed, you got Indianapolis, uh, the Indiana Pacers, sorry. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Orlando Magic, and wrapping up the nine seed on the outside looking in is the Washington Wizards. They are six games yep. back. So with eight games to go, they have a tall task ahead, and then we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. The real battle on, <laughs> in, in the East seems to be the Nets and the Magic for that eight spot. It, as far as yes, yeah. So the the chances of the Wizards actually getting there is it's extremely slim. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure it sits at less than five percent. We'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, the real battle is definitely what, between the Nets and the Magic as far as yeah, playing, moving forward. Playing for playing for seven and eight there. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: seven gets the Toronto Raptors, eight gets the Bucks. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Is you you can't you can't win. <laughs> no, both of those teams are better than the teams that we're talking about. Yeah. And I, I want to touch a little bit on the Nets later. But if I'm the Nets, I'm trying hard as hell to stay in that seven spot. And for reasons mm-hmm. I'll discuss in a little bit. Let's go ahead and get to the West. Okay, so we're gonna start off with the first of thirteen teams, and the thirteenth the thirteenth team is the last one that got in on in the West. So you got the Los Angeles Lakers at one, the Los Angeles Clippers at two, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Oklahoma City Thunder. At six, you got the Houston Rockets, the Dallas Mavericks. The eighth and final playoff spot as of right now is the Memphis Grizzlies. And then on the outside looking in, you have the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the longtime playoff Magic team, the Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns. So the problem with this this the West Division 
The Phoenix Suns are sitting at 26 and 39. The yep. Grizzlies, who have a playoff spot, are 32 and 33. So they're sub 500 too. Yeah, but they are tight. they are literally eight games back. Yeah. So yeah, the, the the Phoenix Suns is a pipe dream at this point. Yeah, so Phoenix, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up right now. The Phoenix Suns have a they have a 99.9% chance of not making the playoffs. Yep. I'm, I'm kind of shocked they even put them in, honestly. I think they only put them in because there's eight games left and there's technically a chance right. yep. that they could make it. They need a lot to happen. I, I, I don't even know that we should really discuss the Phoenix Suns throughout the rest of this pod. I just want to bring up that they have a less than 1% chance. It is a 0.1% chance, and they need a lot to happen. So we're just kind of going to over overshadow them, if you don't mind. So let's start yeah. in the East. Let's start in the East, where you got the Bucks, you got the Raptors, you got the Celtics, you got the Heat. So that's your top four, okay? Uh-huh. There's a lot that can happen in there. Matter of fact, you can even throw in the Pacers and, and Sixers as far as what can happen between three and six. Yep. Um, who sticks out to you? Who do you think makes some uh, makes some noise? Let's let's start there. Um, I could see the Pacers moving up given Oladipo's status. I know he was hesitant on returning. I don't know if he's made a made that decision yet or not. I haven't seen that reported. He's been playing but in the bubble. Has he been playing? He's been playing in the bubble, yeah. So I would okay. assume that he's going to play at this point. I haven't heard otherwise. Yeah, I, mean, I knew he was on the fence. I hadn't heard anything since then. Um, I can see I can see the Pacers moving up. Um. So as far as know, Milwaukee, yeah. the Milwaukee Bucks, outside of potential playoff matchups, there's not really too much we need to talk about them. They have a mm-hmm. 99.9% chance of securing the one seed. In order for them to lose the one seed, they have to lose every single game. Okay? And the Raptors yep. have to win every single game. So yep. the Milwaukee Bucks actually have the 14th of 22 possible schedules. So they're sitting pretty nice. The Raptors actually have the fourth toughest schedule. The Raptors are they're they're not sitting pretty right now. Okay. So here let's let's go down the Raptors schedule real quick because there's a chance that they could actually fall on the seating here. So the Toronto Raptors, here's their schedule. Okay. Yep. They're number they're number two in the East. As of right now, there's an 85% chance that they're going to make the two. And I would probably agree with that, but here's the remaining schedule. So they have the Los Angeles Lakers on August 1st. So they don't play their first game until August 1st, okay? Yep. Then pretty much every two days, including one back-to-back, they're going to have a game against Miami. Miami actually has the toughest schedule remaining against Orlando, against Boston, which is – a virtually a coin flip game. Boston's on their heels trying to catch them yeah. uh, against Memphis, against Milwaukee, against the Sixers, and against Denver. They are favored in all wow. but three of those games. But still a very tough road. Yeah, those are what all uh, eight seeds as of now, except for. Oh, so the the reason I bring that up is so they're the two seed. They're three games up on the Celtics. I just gave you a very tough schedule. 
They're only favored to lose. They're only they're favored to win all but three of those games. Let's go ahead yep. and get into the Celtics, who actually have one of the easiest schedules. They have twenty out of a potential twenty-two. As far as strength of schedule. As far as strength of schedule, so they have a very they have a very easy schedule. So the Boston Celtics, let's get right into their schedule, okay? So they're sitting at a 14% chance at getting the three seed. For some reason, most people have them falling to go to the four seed. They have an 83% chance to fall. Okay? Getting jumped by the heat. Getting jumped by the heat, which is kind of crazy, but here's their remaining schedule. So they're going to start off with Milwaukee. Then they have Portland, Miami, Brooklyn, Toronto, Orlando, Memphis, and Washington. They are favored in all but one game. But That's for some re- but for some reason but for some reason they're they're potentially gonna get jumped. I'm not I'm not sure where that's coming from. But do you like them to stay in the three seed? Do you think they're gonna move up? I'd like them to actually move up. I don't I don't know. I don't see them moving up. I think I think the Raptors are better. I think uh there's a few losses on the rest of Boston's schedule. Uh, they're going to lose to a motivated uh, Damian Lillard in Portland. They're on the nine looking in. Portland might not lose a game. You're high on Portland? I'm high on Portland. I'm I'm high on Dame. Yeah, that's fair. So let's we're, – we're still in the east. We're going to talk Portland here in a minute. Um Let's go ahead and go to the seven, eight, nine seed. Where do you see that? How do you see this one shaping up? Do you think Brooklyn stays um, in seven? Orlando goes to eight or stays in eight? Do you think they swap? Do you think the the Wizards are they're not going to get in? There's no way. No, I, I don't see the Wizards getting in at nine. I, I see uh, Orlando and Brooklyn swapping. I think Brooklyn will fall to eight with uh, with Durant and and Kyrie out. And I just don't see a scenario in which in which uh, Spencer Dinwiddie leads them to keep that seven seed. I, so I don't I, think they have the depth. So you're making a joke there, but I actually like them without Kyrie. Obviously, it would help you if you have Durant. Kar- Karis LeVert is a legit threat with that team. He's their best player, in my opinion. I like them to keep the seven He's seed. A, yeah. I, li- I, I like I like him to I like them to keep the seventh seed. So as it sits right now. I'm going to make some bold predictions here. I'm going Milwaukee 1, Boston 2, Toronto 3. I'm going to keep the Heat at 4, even though they have the toughest schedule of the remaining eight games. I think they will stay their two games up. Okay? But I actually actually have the Sixers moving to the 5 seed and, and the Pacers dropping down a seed. Okay? And then I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave the Nets in the Magic. So you, first round, I'm given. Uh, it's gonna be Bucks Magic, and then it's going to be Celtics Nets, and then I have Raptors, Pacers, and then I have Heat Sixers. Okay. Yeah, we disagree on a couple there. I think the Raptors are gonna stay at two, Boston at three. I got you with Miami at four. I agree on that. I think the Sixers will jump the Pacers and then swap uh, Brooklyn and Orlando, putting Brooklyn at the seven, Orlando at the eight. Okay. So slightly different matchups there. Yeah. Okay. 
Anything else to add before we go to the West? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Let's go ahead and go to the West. There's a lot going on over here. Um, it's, it's, it's crowded. Yeah. Let's go ahead and start at the top. So we're going to start with the Lakers here. Um, the Lakers actually have a 99.7% chance of locking up the one seed. And here's why. Their strength of schedule, it's actually one of the hardest in the league. It's, it's number three, okay? But oh. they're favored in every single game. So they're going to play the Clippers opening night. Yep. Then, then they have Toronto, Utah, Oklahoma City, Houston, Indiana, Denver, Sacramento. Wow. So all every, but one, all but every, one playoff team. Every single game. But two, they have a 60 or more percent chance of winning. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're virtually a lock. Matter of fact, for some reason, on a lot of these games, it's like the last game, there's a to be, to be determined. I think there's yeah. a chance that they're not actually going to play that last game if, if a lot yeah, of the they, seeds are locked up. They might not have to. Yeah. So, it's pretty much a done deal. I think the Lakers are going to take – the one seed. So if that's yeah, the case, let's get into the Clippers here. They have an 87% chance of taking the two seed, okay, which is where they're yeah. at now. They do have a 10% chance of going to three, and here's here's what they got left. They're they're uh, just below middle of the pack, 15th strength of schedule. They got the Lakers, like I just said, on opening night. Then they got Zion and the Pelicans, Devin Booker and the Suns, Luka with the Dallas Mavericks. They got a motivated Damian Lillard with Portland. They do have the Brooklyn Nets. They have Denver, and they have OKC. They are favored in all but one game, and that is against the Lakers. They have a 70% chance of winning in four of those games. I think they're a lock to stay at the two. What do you think there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Although I could see a scenario in which Denver can jump them, considering they're one game back. So but. here's a massive game, then, if, you, if that's what you're talking about. So August 12th, 9 o'clock, it's nationally televised on ESPN. They have Denver. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that could potentially be a seeding game. That could literally be yep. for the two seed. Yep. Which would be – that would be such a fun game to tune into. I'm so glad ESPN realized that, threw it on their uh, – their schedule. Which that's, be a, that's a huge game for that seed because you're looking at two versus seven. That could potentially be the Mavericks, the Rockets, the Thunder versus having to play a Grizzlies team, a young Pelicans team at eight. That that's a that's that'd be a huge difference going from from uh, two to three for both of those teams. Yeah. So listen to this. This was where it gets crazy and i'm glad we're even in going here so we just talked about denver potentially taking the two seed okay yeah. but listen to this i'm going to start at seven the dallas mavericks are 40 and 27 okay yeah. they have 40 wins the houston rockets are 40 and 24 they have 40 wins oklahoma C city 40 and 24. 24 the jazz 41 and 23 and the nuggets 43 they're within three games it's tight there's a this lot could, going on here. All, this could be all shaken up by the time by the time this regular season's over. The only thing I don't I'm not aware of 
are they holding the three extra losses against the Mavericks? I don't know exactly how that's going to work or if it would come down to uh, – well, it would, it would come down to uh, regular season matchups first, I believe. Well, so hypothetical speaking here, if Dallas were to win all eight games and Utah were to lose all but one game, okay? Am I saying that right? I'm sorry, win, win all but one game. If they were to win all but one game, they would be tied in the win column. With less like, losses. With less losses than Dallas. Like, how does is that – that's probably going to be held against them, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then and then maybe from there they'd go to regular season uh, matchups. Okay. Um, any, uh, any teams that you're looking at right now and you're like, they're definitely going to move up? Uh, the um, – the Blazers at nine. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. What about this middle of the pack? What about uh, three through seven? Three through seven. Um, I like Houston to move up. Uh, I like him to get all the way to the four seed. I, I see Houston moving up as well, but I see them jumping OKC for the five. Uh, I think Utah will win the majority of their games. I think they'll hold on to that four. I, I think one through four, the way it sits, being Lakers, Clippers. Uh, Nuggets, Jazz. I think that stays the same. Uh, seven through five. I could see Houston jumping OKC for that five. OKC staying at the six and then Dallas at the seven. And then the eight is just up for grabs. Well, I want to bring it up since you think that the Utah Jags are going to stay at four. Where do you think they are team chemistry-wise? If you remember correctly, they're the team that broke the whole – COVID crap with, with Rudy Gobert and then Donovan Mitchell, and then they wouldn't talk. Do you think there's some chemistry issues? Do you think there's some team morale issues where that might be a thing that knocks them down? I think there was, but I think all that's been resolved. I know uh, Donovan Mitchell went out publicly and, and said that him and Gobert have, have mended that, and I think, they've, I think they've moved forward, and I think they're ready to play. I don't think that's going to be an issue here. Okay. No, but but I think it would have been, you know, months ago had the season had the season returned then. But I think that's I think that's in the past now, and I don't think it's going to haunt that team. I think they're going to be just fine. Okay. Um, let's talk about something you're pretty eager to talk about. So let's go, Spurs, Kings, Pelicans, Blazers. Grizzlies for the eighth seed. What do you see shaking out there? Uh, that's, that's tough. Cause as much as I want to see the Pelicans get in, I think Portland's going to jump into that eight. I just think, I, I mean, they're too good. They got Damian Lillard, one of the best point guards in the league. CJ McCollum. They, that team has been together for a long time. I see Portland grabbing the eight over Memphis. I think Memphis is out. I think the Pelicans are going to fall just short. I think they're going to end the season on that nine. Jumping the Grizzlies, I think the Grizzlies go at 10. Pelicans will just be on the outside looking in. And okay. I'm high on this Pelicans team. I think I told you before the season started, they were my my fringe playoff team. Yeah, no, you've definitely uh, – I mean, they have half your old cast, so you've definitely been yeah. a supporter of theirs. They've done um, a great job of mixing great young talent with just with playoff ready veterans. Drew Holiday, they're signing of Derek Favors. 
as their starting center. J.J. Redick. They've just done a great job putting that team together, and I think they're going to be a problem in the next, as early as next year, depending on Zion's development. Okay. Um, let's go over the Memphis Grizzlies schedule. They're sitting at 32 and 33. They hold the eighth spot in the West. Okay. They have a 62.5% chance of hanging on to it. They have a 37.5% chance of losing it. Here's their remaining schedule. It's not light. It's number five worst in the league. So it's fifth toughest. They got Portland. What a banger from the first, first game of the year to return. That's that's literally for the eight seed. If Portland wins that game, they're taking this eight spot. That's my prediction. I'm not. I'm gonna give it to the Blazers because I think they take this game and then I think they cruise the rest of the way. Yep. But we'll, we'll finish talking about this. But if if the Grizzlies take this game, they're gonna hold on to the eight. It's just gonna be too much from them. Um, then you have San Antonio game two. Then you have the other team nipping at your heel. So first off, the first three weeks, they're going to play people nipping at their heels. San Antonio is a little farther out. Uh, week three, they're going to play the Pelicans. Okay. So, again, this, this is a tough schedule. Then they got Utah. They got OKC. They got Toronto. They got Boston. And then potentially Milwaukee. I'm going to just yeah, go on a uh... limb. I think they lose every single game. Um, I, I would agree with you, except for maybe the, maybe that Spurs game. Yeah, they have a shot at beating the Spurs. So here's the thing. They're actually, they are the underdog in every game. They're not favored in a single game. Yeah. And I I don't know. I just, I'll take a Spurs well-coached team that thinks they have a shot at the playoffs to beat the Grizzlies. Yeah. With and I mean the Spurs, that Spurs team has star power too. Yeah, and the Grizzlies are Grizzlies are young. I mean their best player is a rookie. It's... Yeah, it just it'll be interesting. I mean, if they do get one game, it's definitely that Spurs team. But I think they're. I mean, and here's why. So Portland, the the schedule makers were not were not kind to them at all. They have the six. They have they have the sixth toughest schedule. Okay. Okay. They come in with a nine percent chance of making the playoffs. A ninety-one percent chance of missing it. Wow. They open up with Memphis, like we just said. Again, that's such a banger of a game to start her off. They have a fifty-five percent chance of winning that one per the per the matchmakers. Then they play Boston. I think Boston's better than them. I think they lose to Boston. Okay. Yeah, I agree. They play Houston. I think Houston's better. I think they lose to Houston. Yeah. Yeah, this this that's not looking good right out the gate. Okay. They have Denver. That game is, I think, a close one. But I think Denver loses that game. You think Portland's going to beat Denver? I think Portland's going to beat Denver only because they they're going to come off back-to-back losses. They need a win after beating Memphis. They're going to give everything they got and they get beat Denver. So they're going to be 2 and 2 out the gate. Okay. Okay. Then they're going to play the Clippers. The 2 seed will be locked up. Kawhi Leonard will be sitting. They're going to beat the Clippers. Yep. Okay. Yep. They're going to they're going to play Philadelphia. 
I think they're a better team than Philadelphia, even though Philadelphia is a playoff team in the East. They're going to beat Philadelphia. I don't think they're a better team. I do think that is a toss-up game, though. I think I think it's close. I mean, yeah, I, I think it'll be it'll be a good game. The West depending, is very you know, the West is West very West good. So I just wouldn't put Portland's schedule on them or their record on them as a, being a bad team. But I, I see what you mean because Philadelphia is deep. Then you got yeah, Dallas. If, if you're if you're looking on paper at every team in this bubble, they have one of the best rosters. In Philadelphia. Atlanta. Yes. They have for like the last like three years. They've definitely yep. had one of the better rosters. Yeah. Yep. Um, then you have Dallas. That's a close one, but I think they beat Dallas. They're playing for their life here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Dallas is young. Okay. And this last game, if it were to happen, would be crazy because they're going to play Brooklyn. Brooklyn would be potentially playing for their playoff life, and so would Portland. Yeah, and I think if that's the case, then I think that could be a blowout on you, uh, on Portland. Then you think Portland would destroy Brooklyn? If there was a scenario in which that last game determined each of their playoff lives, I think that I think it'd be a blowout. I just don't think Brooklyn had the star power to hang with them. I think it would take over. Yeah, between CJ and, and Damian Lillard and a potential yeah, Carmelo Anthony too, and you got. Whiteside, and I mean, yeah, that is yeah. tough. That would be very tough for Brooklyn. That's one of those games where Lillard's going to shoot 30, 35 times. He's going to drop 50. He's going to hit eight or nine threes. It's just, that's one of those type of games. I would absolutely gonna... love for that game to have those, for that game to have that scenario. That could be one of the better basketball games we've seen in the last couple of years where two teams for their respective conferences are playing for their playoff life yep. on the last game of the year. When's the last time that happened ever in NBA right, history? Yeah. I, I can't ever think of that. That's essentially a playoff game interconference. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I would, uh, I would love to see something like that. I think that's got a lot of, uh, that's got a lot of TV ratings written all over it. And Damian with, Lord, like we've already been talking about as a dog. So with how close a lot of these, uh, teams out west are heading into this. I mean, we could very well see a game or two like that. Yeah. That, oh, that absolutely. Comes down to the to, considering there's only eight games left, that could very well happen. That could very well happen more than once. It could be a couple games. Yeah. Well, let me just point out a few uh, news and notes here. Like I think I already touched on the Miami Heat actually have the hardest schedule. The yeah. Pelicans have the easiest schedule. Okay. Which, which is huge for them. Yeah, they're sitting they're sitting four games out from the Grizzlies and only one game out of the Blazers. You've already said it, but you're taking the Blazers to take the eight seed. Do you want to go over the Pelican schedule? Let's go over the Pelican schedule. Yeah, let's hear let's hear the Pelican schedule. Why not? So New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans, New Orleans. Here we go. Okay, they are sitting at twenty eight and thirty six. They have an 18% chance of winning the eight seed. Okay. 82% chance of falling out. So they actually have a better chance of taking the eight seed than the Blazers do. Yeah. Keep that in mind. So game one, they're going to play the Utah Jazz. Okay. That's actually, that's opening night. They're going to play them opening night. Okay. Then they got the Clippers. 
and here's the thing about the Clippers. There is a good chance, they've already even said it, that Kawhi Leonard doesn't play any or most of these games. Yeah, and that should surprise Be- nobody. Because they can't really move up, and the chances of them actually moving down is pretty unlikely. Yeah. Okay. Then they play Memphis. I think they beat Memphis. They're going to need that game for sure. That game will be on ESPN. Okay. Then they play Sacramento. Then they play Washington. Then they play the Spurs. Then for some, and this is the first I've seen this, they play Sacramento again. And then they play Orlando. They are favored. Now, mind you, they, they play the, the Kings twice in eight games. They play the Kings twice in eight games and, and twice in a four-game stretch. Okay. okay. They are favored in all but two games. The Jazz Clippers, probably. They are favored in, yes, the Jazz and the Clippers are the only two teams that are favored to beat them. Now, I should point out, the Sacramento games are listed as coin flip games. They're 54 and 51. That I would consider that a, a coin flip. Um, I'm sorry, it's 54, 54 for both Sacramento, and that's 51 for the Spurs. Both of those are definitely coin flip games, as well as Orlando at 50. But... They're better than Orlando, in my opinion. It's just as far as, like, just talent. I mean, they're probably one of the more talented teams. Let's go over this rotation. So you got Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion, Derek Favors, Josh Hart, J.J. Redick. Like, should I continue? Like, holy cow. Don't they – they have Oklahoma, too. They have Oklahoma, too. Yep. And he's actually been playing well in the minutes that he was getting uh, (laughs) pre-coronavirus. He he was giving them some good minutes. Yeah. So – couple things to consider here. If Zion misses games, does this team make the playoffs? No, I don't think so. Because If Zion plays every game and they win five out of eight, are they are they hopping your 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 Blazers? Are they taking the eighth seed? I don't think they can afford to have Zion miss any games. Because that, that puts everything on Ingram. Because they don't have another player on that roster who's going to be able to carry the scoring load. I think having Zion and Ingram both on the floor is is the only way they're going to win games here. Yeah. I don't disagree. With that being said, do you have anything else to add before we give our uh, our playoff picture for the West? No, I think I think we're all good there. Okay. So I have the Lakers taking the one seed. The, Clip, the Clippers taking the two. Denver, Denver is going to stay in the third seed. But I have Houston taking the fourth seed. Utah is going to drop down to the five seed. Okay. Yep. Dal- Dallas is going to move up to the sixth seed and I have the Thunder dropping from the fifth seed to the seventh seed. Okay, we're dead on so far. (laughs) Okay. And then I have Portland getting into that eight as long as they beat the Grizzlies that game. Otherwise, I think the Pelicans will take them. Yeah, it looks like we see see the West shaping out uh, exactly the same. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's not... 
the West is very competitive, but I, I'm very high on Houston. I'm so glad that the NBA decided to not just do a top four in each division because Houston really could go to the conference finals. They're yeah, I, I'm higher on Houston this year than I've ever been. Because it, mean, it's, it's the same story every year with them. It's a you know a 55 to 60 win team that that flops in the second round. But I think the narrative is going to change this year. I I think Harden's going to shut critics up, and I think that team can make some noise. Granted, unless they run into uh, one of the teams in Los Angeles, I think it ends there. Okay. But so, I am higher on Houston than I believe every team out west besides in Los Angeles. I think they're better than the Nuggets. Fair. So a couple of news and notes here, or not news and notes, but just side notes, I guess, as far as the playoff mm-hmm. picture goes. Who's the rookie of the year? Um, had – okay, so – had none of this uh, COVID nineteen stuff happened, I think Zion would have would have taken it if he had more time. But if the season's going to end here and we got to hit, we got to give out awards. It's going to be Moran. Do you think? Do you think they're going to leave it completely up to who makes the playoffs and give it to them? I don't know. I mean, I I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's a, a way to take it from Moran at this point. Okay. Just because he he played all season, Zion. What Zion played prior to to the break, less than fifteen games. Mm, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I want to say it's more than fifteen games. It was maybe I'm time. maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't think he played enough to where there's going to be speculation as to who's rookie of the year. I think Morant's going to take it. With that being said, I think Zion is light years better than John Moran. And I do think he showed that this in his limited time playing this season. Okay. Uh, who is the, I actually, so here's the thing. I agree that it's John Moran to win work of the year, but I disagree that Zion Williamson is light years better than John Moran. I'm actually really high on John Moran. He's been, I, I am as well. They need more of a team. Zion already has more of a team around him. Than John Morant does. True, but what what Zion does individually, he's, he makes grown men, world class athletes, look like children. <laughs> it's I've I've never seen a rookie hit the ground running that fast. Yeah, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I mean, he's been an absolute dog for sure. Um, I didn't think he would be. I thought he was going to struggle with uh, conditioning and his height. But if, if he can develop an outside jump shot, he's going to be the best player in the world in five years. Speaking of the best player in the world, who's the MVP this year? Uh, Giannis. Really? Giannis. He, I mean, they've played 65 games or a 53-win team. He has less than LeBron has. I, I think Giannis is the MVP, but I wouldn't be upset if it went to LeBron either. I think it's a toss-up, but I'd lean towards Giannis. I think I, here's the thing: Giannis is although I think LeBron James is better. Absolutely. So, so let me just give you the stats here: Giannis twenty-nine point six points a game. 
he's shooting at 54% from the field. He's actually hitting a three-pointer game. He's starting to test himself towards the end. 13.7 boards. Yeah, 13.7 boards. And Giannis, out of nowhere, is averaging just shy of six assists per game for a power forward. That's actually really impressive. So, hell of a stat line. But LeBron James, and here, is this 17, right? Year 17? Year 17. This is just wild that I'm even going over this, but 25.7 points a game. He's shooting at literally just shy of 50% from the field, okay? Just shy of eight boards, 7.9 boards a game, and over 10 assists, a career high. My Lord. Yeah. I just And he's number one in the West, and his team was absolutely abominable last year. They were abominable, and they've been abominable for the last five years. And LeBron James comes in. He plays an entire season with them, and they're the number one seed. I, I'm sorry. How isn't that the MVP of the league? How are we even discussing this? And I get it. The Giannis is having a great year, and I just read you a stat line. It's extremely impressive. His team's number one in the league. They were actually on their way to a high 60-win season. But, yes. my Lord, like what What more does LeBron need to do to win it? Did, did he need uh, to average 30 a game? I mean, like – I, I agree with you. I, I can see it going. I won't be mad either way, whichever way it goes. I think they're both deserving. I mean, you just made your case for LeBron. I think there's a case to be made for Giannis as well. It oh, yeah. Either I, way. But it's them two, and then it's a cliff. Nobody else is even even in this discussion. It's it's come down to them, those two. As far as this season, yeah. You know, Harden, the, yeah, is, Harden is having a very Harden-esque year. His stat line is incredible too. Thirty-four and a half points a game. He's shooting at forty, yeah, forty-three percent. Uh, he's six and a half boards and seven and a half assists. And mind you, he's not the starting point guard. Yeah. Russell Westbrook is the starting point guard on that team. Yeah. His, so for his him, usage rate is a lot higher than Westbrook's. He might as well be the point guard. <laughs> I mean, Westbrook's right behind him. Twenty-seven and a half a game, eight boards, seven assists. I quietly mean, both, too. Yeah, he's extremely quiet. Yeah, you don't hear a lot about Russ. He, no, you know, no. Are you, well, are you higher on uh on this Rockets team with Russ than you were with Chris Paul? Yes. You think they're better? They're they are better, especially. So Russell Westbrook, I don't know. I don't have the rest of his, his seasons in front of me. He's only taking four. He's le- taking less than four three-pointers a game. That alone is is so – Russell Westbrook needed to be called out. Russell Westbrook uh, yeah, is a generational talent. Okay, He's averaged a triple-double two straight seasons. The dude's a dog, okay? It, it, it's, been, it's been pretty well documented that – his triple-doubles are a little exaggerated because the way that the offense was built was for the the center and the power forward to actually clear out for Westbrook to grab the rebound so that he could start the break earlier. Yeah, it was, and you can, you it can was, see that happening when you watch film. Yes, it was actually something that they kind of constructed in part of their offense. So I don't want to say that Russell Westbrook's the greatest rebounding point guard of all time because that would probably be incorrect. Okay. No, he's not. Yeah, but what they ask him to do, he does it at an extremely high rate, and he's actually shooting at 47%. I mean, what more can you ask? He's not shooting the three ball, 
at a very high clip, 25%. It's actually the worst three-point percentage of of literally the top 30 players. The top 30 scoring players, I should say, in the league. He has the worst three-point percentage, and it's really not close. The next closest. That's not surprising. He's never been a great shooter from anywhere on the floor. He's a solid mid. That's about it. So the next worst, 18, DeMar DeRozan, averaging 22 points. He shoots it at 26%. But nobody is worse than him for a long time. Yeah. So, anyways, we've talked talked about just about everything. Anything else you want to – you want to get out? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Unless okay. You no, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty much it. We pretty much gave our end of season awards. We gave our return to the season. We gave our. Uh, I want I want to hear your depoy now that I now that I think about it. Defensive player of the year. Who is it? I mean, is it, it got to be Giannis? <laughs> Or Anthony Davis. Oh, Anthony, yeah. Yeah? Well, I mean, what's what's Anthony Davis getting right now? So he's looking at uh, Anthony Davis, only nine boards a game, but two and a half blocks and a steal and a half per game, okay? Where Giannis is at 13.7, one steal, one block. It's close. I'd probably, I probably would give it to Anthony Davis. I mean, yeah, definitely. I it's, uh, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So, outside of that, I think we gave a, a full breakdown. I will have you back on here in a little while, and we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about once the playoff picture is set, once these eight games are done, we'll start and go into our first probably two rounds and and give our predictions as far as how many games, who gets swept, who doesn't get swept, early <laughs> exits. So awesome! Looking forward right. to it. Thanks again for coming on. Where can everybody find you on social media? Oh, just Facebook, David Trombley. Okay, uh, I'll tag you in the I'll tag you in the 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 post so everybody can add you if they want to talk some sports with you. I'm sure he's on the Real Talk Facebook page. And uh, thanks again for listening, guys. Be back later this week for another NFL episode with Brad. Uh, thanks again. Take care. <laughs>